This is Big Ideas, Birkbeck's free public lecture series where academics bring their research out to local communities around London, sharing the exciting and innovative work that happens at Birkbeck and opening up the world of research and universities. The series is organised by Birkbeck's access and engagement team who support underrepresented groups of people to apply and succeed here at Birkbeck, University of London. This podcast will introduce you to the upcoming talks in the Big Ideas series. Our researchers will give you a preview of what's in store and hopefully entice you along to their event. If you like what you hear today and want to come along, you can find the details on the web link in the description of the podcast. We'd love to see you there. I'm Sophie from the Access and Engagement team. This month's instalment of Big Ideas comes from Dr. Shimon W. Manka from Birkbeck's Institute of Structural and Molecular Biology. I caught up with him ahead of his talk, taking place on Tuesday the 19th of March at City and Islington College's Centre for Lifelong Learning in Finsbury Park. Dr. Manka's talk will provide an introduction to the field of epigenetics, and he will be discussing the extent to which we are predetermined by our genes. If you're interested, come along. Why do you feel that this is an important um, topic to do a talk on? This is um, an important topic because uh, it, the realisation that, that our um, fate is largely down to, to us, uh, to our perception of the world, to a subjective perception of uh, and belief and, uh, and our consciousness uh, completely changes how we should understand uh, what's preordained and what's uh, down to uh, to our free will and um, uh, our condition, our health and disease and uh, the signals that may trigger, trigger disease largely depend, depend on us, uh, on our beliefs and on how we uh, approach life, how we um, um, perceive the world and that, uh, that has um, important consequences in the uh, in, in our decisions that we make yeah. and, um, and decisions that we make about other people. And can you give some examples of where this might be relevant in people's lives? You've talked about disease. Is there any other examples that you can give of epigenetics that people might be able to relate to? Yes, so I think um, uh, the therapeutic strategies that one may want to undergo in case of disease Mm, or the the way one um, one reads the results of genetic testing, for example, if if we believe in um, in genetic testing uh, and we want to to check us genetic susceptibility for certain malignancies, we'll almost certainly all of us uh, will discover uh, a number of malignancies that we can potentially have in the future. But that uh, that knowledge itself may trigger uh, these uh, diseases. Uh, that might be a signal, a first, um, uh, you know, a first um, signal for um, the emergence of, of a disease. Because you know the 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 belief. If we believe that we are going to for be um, affected by by a certain um, condition uh, that may actually be true just because we we have this attitude. 
So, so uh, for example, um, so I don't follow uh, popular news very much, but I learned from my wife the other day that Angelina Jolie decided to have a double mastectomy because uh, she was diagnosed with the presence of BRCA1 mm-hmm. gene that um, uh, that was shown to um, to increase uh, the susceptibility for breast cancer. And she knew that the disease runs in her family. So she decided to undergo this, um, um, this intervention, although there's a 50% chance, or so for some people that will be, of course there are people who always see the glass half full and some people always see the glass half empty, but for many people that will be just, uh, a, just a 50% chance of getting the disease. And, um, and how do we explain that half of this, the population that has the same mutation don't get the disease? So it must be something above the gene. The gene doesn't itself cause the disease. It's something that uh, some external signal needed for it to, uh, to occur. And we may ask ourselves what it, what it is. Is it down to, to our mindset? Because it's not down to the, to the genetic um, composition of of our body. Okay, so I'm just going to make sure I've understood this because it sounds like these ha- actually are very big decisions and very, you know, massive impacts that potentially it can this can have on people's lives. So you're saying that um, you could be you could have a partic- the presence of a particular gene, but there's not just that that's going to then determine you getting unwell or being having a particular tr- characteristic is that right so yes. you could you could actually there's something else going on in that process that means that that gene presence of that gene then results in an illness or in a particular characteristic how do you find those those factors out right so there's um, a very um, um, uh, important um, uh, knowledge of stress being one of the the, the causal factors in, uh, in the development of many diseases. It seems to be like a common denominator of, of many, um, as a trigger of many diseases. So the stress itself, um, you know, may be not a sufficient uh, factor. So one might, um, the combination of stress and the susceptibility uh, may be needed for a particular disease to be, um, to develop. So, um, for example, stress, as, as, um, as we know, it um, produces a particular chemistry in our body. So this is not um, something, some magic. It's, it's, stress is associated, so our uh, perception so starts in our mind. If we read the, uh, the circumstance as dangerous or we live under, under pressure, we release stress hormones like cortisol that affects our blood vessels. So, it, for example, it, it contracts blood vessels in our gut and pumps blood um, more intensely into our limbs, like legs and, um, and hands, um, as, as um, those parts of our body that are um, designed for protection. And, that, um, and if we, so that stops the growth so, so the body to be healthy needs to replenish the dying cells. There's billions of cells are dying in our body um, as we speak, and they are being replaced by stem cells that also exist in our body. And uh, so, so organs uh, have to regenerate. 
the more stress we have in our lives, the, 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 the body reads it as there's no time to regenerate because you need to protect yourself from immediate danger. And then it shifts uh, the, the energy from regeneration towards, um, uh, towards uh, um, other, um, towards other maybe not really uh, reasonably uh, justified um, aims. The reason that we're talking today is that you're coming to do a talk as part of Birkbeck's Big Ideas at City and Islington College on the 19th of March. What will you be asking the audience, what will you be exploring in that session? What can people expect? First of all, I want to um, explain what um, the, the DNA and the genetic information that DNA carries really is and how should we understand it as a sort of chemical deposit of, of, the, um, of the information about um, uh, our body and how, it, uh, and how it develops. And I will uh, stress that this is the blueprint that is being used by our body but there's a lot to do how what genes are turn, turned on or off is a lot to do with epigenetics with that's above the genes the regulation that governs gene expression so things like the stress that you've just talked about yes for example stress but also uh, there's many environmental factors that are completely random it's they're not um, bound to our uh, perceptions or our consciousness they're um, also factors that are uh, completely um, out of control that, um, that will uh, influence gene expression. The environmental factors that, that all starts in the womb of, of the mother as we develop in a prenatal stage, but then that, that's true throughout our lives. Uh, the families that we are born into, uh, the environment that we live in, uh, the schools that we go to, uh, the choices that we make, uh, there's so many circumstances uh, that uh, has a huge influence on um, on our life and also on our on our gene expression and how this blueprint is being used. And what would you like to uh, attendees of the talk to come away with? What would you like them to know about the subject that you're talking about? Uh, that nothing about their lives is really predetermined. That the that everybody is really a master of their fate uh, to a very large degree. Mm -hmm. So Birkbeck's Big Ideas is all about bringing Birkbeck research to the local community. Why did you want to be involved in Birkbeck's Big Ideas? Uh, the main reason is that I, I've been doing science for a very long time and usually that means that I'm locked in a, in a very secluded place and um, I don't have much chance um, speaking about the more sort of global uh, thoughts that I um, have developed throughout the, the time in the academia that I, that I had, um, that I had a, a, um, a long questionable pleasure to, to enjoy. So, so um, um, I think um, that uh, experimental work has given me a lot of time also to think about uh, the, the importance, the more global importance of 
of science and what it can um, what it what it can mean to the society and to and to the uh, the general public, but I think there's a very um, little um, going on at the interface of the hard uh, between the, the hardcore science and the public, and also um, uh, I tend to uh, focus very much on the very um, particular problem that I have in my everyday work. And I, and I find it very uh, um, eye-opening to, to try to put it in, a, in the context of what it may mean to, to everybody else. Mm -hmm.